Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. I am excited to introduce you to our next guest. Her name is Sharon Smith Akansanya. Now, many of you may have heard of her. She is the one that is totally responsible um, uh, for the Crown Our Prince mural project. And if you have not seen this mural downtown Minneapolis, across the street from uh, First Avenue, you have got to go see it. It is absolutely stunning and so beautiful. Of course, um, Sharon Smith Akansanya is the CEO of Ray McKenzie Group. Uh, and those that were also involved in making sure the, the crown of our Prince mural project comes to fruition is Joan Vordebergen, or Bruggen, forgive me, public art consultant, and the Prince mural project. Um, they had one purpose, and that it was to see Prince recognized for his innumerable contributions to the city of Minneapolis and the state of Minnesota, and celebrated for his life and living legacy. She knows because she knew him well. Welcome. Welcome, my friend. How are you? Hi, Gerilyn. How are you? Doing well? Hey, I'm doing well, Sharon. You must finally be sleeping because you put your whole heart and soul into this project. Tell us how it began. Well, it began seven years ago, Gerilyn, 2015. Actually, Prince was still with us. Yes. And we were having conversations about how, you know, how can we give him his roses while he was still here? And so, and you know, Gerald, you know, Prince, he was, he didn't have a whole bunch of words. You sort of kind of deduced, you know, things, uh, mm -hmm. you know, through conversation. And, and so, you know, over time, and even when I worked for him, you know, there were, you know, little comments and things like, you know, will anything ever shine purple in Minnesota? You know, that kind of stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. And, and then we would talk about the fact that there was, you know, no disrespect to Target, but, you know, there is a bronze Target dog inside of the Target Center. And, right. and we do have, yeah, I'm just, you know, there's just things, you know, there's a statue of Mary Tyler Moore, who's a fictional character, you know, on Nicolette Mall, you know, there was just things that, and then, and, and he would just mention those things. And, and then, then the Dylan mural happened. Mm. And then, so we, so we just started really kind of talking about, you know, what can we do uh, to, 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 to honor him while he was still alive? And we talked about different things like, you know, maybe something on the over at the Commons Park, which wasn't the Commons Park then by the stadium because that was still sort of in development. And we we talked about maybe him, um, you know, programming the music from Paisley Park and kind of freaking people out as they sat in the you know park, you know, right, uh, so right. all kinds of different ideas. And and then you know, then we then we lost him, you know, and mm -hmm. and so so, but we knew that he didn't want a statue 
because in his words, he says, they may mess up my face. And it's very difficult to get a face right on a statue, right? Mm -hmm. And we all know that Prince was dressed to the nines and he always showed up, you know, on point. So so the one thing that we knew was that his face was important um, and that he did a sanction, a mural, you know, that that would be he would he would be OK with that. So we just we do that. So I just moved forward uh, and I knew the best person to help with public art uh, who had just done the Dylan mural. And actually, almost every mural in downtown Minneapolis was my partner in crime on this, Joan Vorderbruggen. And so we went to Joan and I said, listen, we've got to do this. Um, and she agreed and we just started tackling things. And I was very naive, Drew, and I thought that, you know, I would just, you know, be able to go to the state of Minnesota and, you know, ask for a quarter of a million dollars to get things going. And, you know, why would Yeah, just a quarter of a million. It's no big deal, right? (laughs) It's just amazing. Well, I mean, you know, well, well, it's, it's, well, thinking about the the revenue he's generated for the state, I thought it was, that was, uh, that was fair, right? I mean, he's done billions for us. I just needed a quarter of a million, you know, to, to, to kick things off. And, and I was so naive to think that everybody would just want to do that. And, and of course the legislator, um, they, they shot me down and I did not get the money. And so, um, and so at that point I knew it was going to be a struggle. And then we had the estate, you know, we had to get that piece together and get the family all on board and they all came on board um, but because there was no will, we took a minute because we had to get, you know, permission for name and likeness, right? You know, so there was things. And so, right. and we wanted to do it right. And and we had to find a location. <laughs> so, so much that happened, right? So right. we knew that we had to get it done. And we knew that Prince was sort of guiding this thing kind of along the way because it was very difficult. But we, we, but we kept saying, you know, looking over our right shoulder and left shoulder, and nobody was really doing it. Well, not the people that would, should have been doing, you know, state officials mm-hmm. and things like that. And we said, well, we can, well, we can do it. You know, so uh, I went to the Minneapolis Downtown Council and asked Steve Kramer and his crew if they would be the nonprofit partner. And, you know, so as we began to raise money, uh, we would, you know, we needed some place for it to go, you know, and, right. and, and exactly. get managed and that sort of thing. So, yeah, so they helped us out, which they were really awesome. Um, so that's how it started. And then we, we finally we had to find a location and we thought it was going to be on the Coles um, stagecoach uh, across oh. from the Dillon mural, right across from mm-hmm. the light rail. We thought it was going to be on the back of the Coles. Um, but I started to think about the, the parking lot adjacent to that building is privately owned. And so we couldn't convince the owner not to sell the property because <laughs> we didn't want, you know, a development to come up over front. Right. Uh, right. And so unless we could get the parking lot in the building, it didn't make sense. Right. And so... Mm-hmm. We said, okay, it's not supposed to be there. And then one day Joan said, you know what? This needs to be a public work of art. This needs to be something that can never be defaced, that has to have an awesome maintenance package. We need to get guaranteed for 30 years. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's going to take us another five years to do that. But, <laughs> but she was right. She was right. So we went and started talking to the Minnesota Department of Transportation, the city of Minneapolis. And fortunately, they was started to talk about how they wanted to beautify the downtown ramps and do different things because it was like they're just brown brick, right? Right, so right. So eventually, eventually, after a lot of discussion as to whether or not Prince should adorn one of those walls, we won out. And uh, so, we, so the state of Minnesota and the city of Minneapolis uh, gave us, donated Ramp A 
uh, for the Prince Mule Project, which we were very delighted. Here's the thing. You haven't talked one thing about the challenges of it. You really didn't. You don't you don't talk about the challenges because you succeeded, period. That's who you are. Right. That's who you are. Once you get to success, it's like, why do I need to talk about that process? No, no, (laughs) it's done. And it is done. I finally saw it yesterday. Yesterday, I went to go see it and I almost started, you know, I I got a little choked up just a little bit, you know, looking at it and seeing all of these iterations of Prince from the very bottom picture of him to the top. um, You just kind of, you just say to yourself, oh my God, I was blessed to be, you know, to know him, to be a part of what he called his family. To know him, that's right. Yeah, to know him. So you were that person that he trusted with. I mean, you were at Glam Slam when it first opened. I think that's where I met you the first time. So here you are, you've accomplished it. People are raving about it. A lot of people came out to see it when it was unveiled. How in the world do you fill up after all that you gave in energy, brain trust, frustration, all of it? How do you fill up now? (laughs) You know, I, you know, I, I think that we got to keep the party moving. I think we should have Prince Rogers Nelson Airport. <laughs> and go, and go, Wait till and, I tell Javita that. Into, <laughs> you know, I, we need to, I think we need to be flying in the PRN. That's what, so so I, I just, I just, I just think he's given so much. I think we keep the party moving, you know, just like he told us and be true funk soldiers and just keep going. I, that's what, that's what I think, you know, so as, you know, so I hope that what we've done with the Prince Mural Project and then, you know, we renamed the street Prince Rogers. Yes, Nelson you did. Way in between Which I love it. I love that. 700 Black, 700 Black and First Avenue. So, so, you know, why not continue, you know, as we think about the revenue that has been that he's given us. And I think everybody's heard me say this, you know, Prince was born here. He lived here. He died here. He could have lived anywhere else in the world, but he chose us, Sterling. Yeah, he and stayed. So, and that says something. He stayed. That says something because he could walk around and be himself. We've heard him say that before. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. and he's generated billions of dollars in revenue and tourism for this state. And I just think we should continue to say thank you and honor him. And so that's what's that's what's next. And uh, I'm just very excited that we were able to do this. And everybody felt amazing being down there at the block party. And, you know, Dr.'s Mambo Combo, they, you know, they jammed it, you know, and DJ Mickey Breeze, he was on the you know, the, you know, uh, on the ones and twos as it were. And we just had a good time, you know, Prince's family. And, you know, we said a few words and we unveiled it. And And when that was all done, you unveiled it. Everybody went home. Did you leave town? I did. I went for a few days to North Carolina just to relax a little bit with my girlfriend, uh, you you know, just to get a change of scenery, get myself back together. But I'm here now. And I'm going to be ready to hit it, you know, to tomorrow, tomorrow morning on with the next big thing. Right. But Gerald, here's what I learned. Perseverance. See, you can't take no for somebody who can't say yes. And we have to keep moving and we have to have each other's back. I'm so glad that I was in a position with Joan to have Prince's back. The cavalry is not coming. We must save ourselves. Mm. So. So here you are. You are very clear. You were very clear from day one on this. You had the absolute faith. The um, the you were ready to get out and walk, run or fly to make this work. And that's something that is missing in so many, so many Minnesotans. A lot of that is missing in us. But then we see things like this come to fruition and there's hope. You know, there's Mm -hmm. hope for what you did. 
Right. And so as you watch others that are trying to move forward with other murals or other um, just things that will honor those that we know big, and love in this great state. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the big stuff. The, the thing you've taught mm-hmm. me in, in watching you do this and talking to you intermittently and figuring out that you may have been upset in one moment, but all the rest of the moments were absolute joy. You know what I mean? And that one moment could really hurt. It can cut you deep. But all of a sudden you remember, no, this is why I'm doing this. And you keep going forward. This is how success happens. And you have that story. So tell me the book that you're writing. I know you are. (laughs) Come on. I know you are. Mm -hmm. I know you are. Come on. It's it's called The Bold You. And um, and that's the new book that I'm writing, because I think that we all have to learn to be bolder. And we got to stay off the sidelines. We have to push our tables, our chairs all the way up to the table. Not, you know, don't you know? Sometimes you know how you sit on a chair and your butt kind of hanging a little bit off. Uh-uh. Right. I want your whole behind <laughs> in the whole chair. Scoot it all up. <laughs> push it all the way up to the table so you can be seen and be heard. So sometimes we have to be bold and radical to be able to make real change. And so I want to teach people how to get that inner boldness because you already have it. It's just that we've been taught, you know, how to be just a tad bit, you know, deferential and, you know, a little bit corporate and, you know, this, this sort of thing. So I just want everybody to channel their inner boldness because we really don't have time for those of us who can get things done to sit on the sidelines. I need you in the Army. Well, I just want you to know that I am so grateful I am so grateful for what you and um, how do you pronounce your last name? Joan. Joan, Joan, yes. Mm -hmm. And the the two of you working together as well as others. Who, my my final question is, who was the artist that Mm -hmm. painted that? Tell me about him or her. So Jairo Vega. So so Jairo Vega uh, is uh, a graffiti artist from Miami. uh, And he was one of 60, he was in a pool of 60 artists that Joan had curated from her public um, arts friends, you know, and experts across the nation. And so we started off with a pool of 60 and then we narrowed it down to 10. And then the family and members of the estate, um, close friends and collaborators were part of the French Bureau Selection Committee. And they helped us narrow that 10. They interviewed that 10 and they helped us narrow that 10 down to three. Jairo was still in the 10. He made the three. And then the three had the opportunity to turn the tables and interview the family to learn more about Prince, tell their stories, ask questions. And then we were able to give them a stipend to come back, do the designs. And then the family members took a look at which design they wanted. And Jairo won unanimously. Oh, my gosh. I don't know if you can tell him how grateful we are, but I am one of those that would love to talk to him and tell him how beautiful it is. It is absolutely stunning. I love it. Love it. Love it. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Let me tell you something, honey. This is big. It's huge. And we honor that tonight right here on Still Talking. Thank you, my friend. Well done. Thank you for having me, Zerona. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. My goodness. All right, everyone, as we wrap up this hour, um, just remember, you got to go and see this. It is right on the corner of 1st and 7th. You just have to see it right across from the doors of 1st Avenue. It is just remarkable. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.